0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies presented to you by ONTAP Sportsnet and brought to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. And today we are going to break down the 52-32 to 32 loss at home on homecoming against Toledo. First things first, by far and away our worst game of the season. It, it was it was just ugly early. You throw a pick six earlier in the hole after already giving up a touchdown and you're already chasing 14 points. And it was the culmination of the suck. Like we have not been good yet this season. We've had games that we've been close in. We've got games that were one possession games, games that we should have won. But today was the worst version of our team that we've seen this year. And it's frustrating because You know the team's capable of winning football games. We know the team's capable of winning football games. The coaching does. Everybody involved. And for whatever reason or not, the team is not playing up to their standard this year. They're committing stupid penalties. We saw in total – I have the stats in front of me right now. Let me pull them up real quick. Penalty yards on the day, five for 61. So not as bad as I made it sound, but you know I'm always going to over-exaggerate stuff. But – by the numbers, this is a game that we won the time of possession by 16 minutes. We were barely outgained. They outgained us. No, actually at the end, we, we, we moved past them to get to 424 yards. Obviously they had two pick sixes. Uh, The guy who had two pick sixes too, had two more interceptions. So I think that was number 27, Quinion Mitchell, the cornerback, six foot 200, good size for a corner. He played it well today. And for whatever reason or not, Ethan kept throwing to the far side of the field. And at a certain point in the game, like I thought, just look, just get him out, get either Justin Lynch in, or I don't know if we could get Jeff Lomax in, but I would have liked to see him or Dustin Fletcher at some point, just because when your quarterback already has four interceptions, there's no, and you're not going to win the game. There's no positive that, that, that you can gain from the rest of that game. All that did was continue to put him down in the dumps. You know what I'm saying? So he gave us a great fourth quarter. I think it's something to build on, but at the end of the day, like it's a bad day for him. He's young. He'll get past it. You have to remember, this is a kid that didn't have a senior season in, in high school. And then on top of that has been behind Rocky his whole career at NI or at NIU. So he hasn't really been that guy and he's still chasing that first win as a starter. So obviously today wasn't our day, uh, and you want to see him get better. You you want to see the team get healthy. You saw Jordan Gandy return to the lineup today. You saw Eric Rogers return to the lineup today. Like I said last week, JJ Lippy returned. Like we're starting to get some of our players back, but where we're losing games is the fine details. Coach talked about it in the post-game press conference after the game, the penalties, you know, not being able to get off the field on third down, not being able to get off the field on fourth down. And then on top of all that, you're giving away four possessions in the game off turnovers. I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure. I don't think we had – we were close to recovering a couple of fumbles today. They had one fumble, but we, we did not recover it. So we lose the turnover margin by four. We lose the game by 20. Two of those turnovers were returned for instant touchdowns. Like, as much as you can sit back and laugh and say, yeah, we, you know, we got fucking smoked today, the fact of the matter is – we lost four whole possessions in this game, two of which just off top I know resulted in touchdowns. I'm sure the other turnovers resulted in some form of points. But you can't afford to beat yourselves. There was a couple calls today from the referees that were questionable, like the 15-yarder the on John Champ where there was a pile up. You see it all the time in college. You see it all the time in NFL. The linemen come in to push the pile and move the pile. John came in to do just that. No whistle had blown yet. John gets called for a 15 yarder. That's an absolute drive killer. So terrible on many different fronts from, from today's game, but some of the bright spots. Ontario Brown returned to a heavier workload. He finished the day in the, with one touchdown, 17 carries, 84 yards. Harrison, while he may not have had as many yards as he normally does running the football, 13 carries for 33 or for 27. Actually, I'm sorry, that's his net net yardage. He had 10 receptions out of the backfield today. 96 yards, 84 yards after the catch. So something moving forward with this offense, especially if we're in a, uh, a system or handicapped at the quarterback position where we don't have our guy playing quarterback, I think the best thing to do is to look for your tight ends and to look for your running backs out of the backfield. And Harrison answered the call in the passing game as well. But where... We're struggling in this offense right now. Post Rocky is getting the receivers involved at the level that they need to be involved in. Right? Saw way too many targets today to only George Gums. Gums had seven. Tucker had eleven. Travis had eight, and Waylee had eleven as well. Unless the stat sheet cut off after Gums, those are the only players that I have targets for on my stat sheet after the game. So. I'd like to see the wealth spread out a little bit more. I don't know if, if Tavis was out or, you know, why they didn't try to get Liam involved or McCray involved. I think he may have grabbed one. No, no, that was Travis that grabbed that touchdown at the end. So yeah, they tried to get um, him involved a lot in the second quarter, but most of our yardage ended up coming in that fourth quarter, kind of in, in garbage time. Uh. Passing wise, Ethan ended the day with 49 attempts. You never, we never see any, any, I've never seen anything like that. I'm going to be honest, like since coach hammock has been here, most games, the highest we'll see the quarterback's attempts reach is is 30 or 35. But obviously today you're trailing for a majority of the third and fourth quarter. You got to air it out more. And in that fourth quarter, Ethan added a lot of yardage and I want to say two touchdowns in that fourth quarter and then a couple two point conversions, but it was just a tough day for the offense. Toledo's defense. I mean, I'll give them their credit for today. I'll tip my cap and keep it moving, but they're not great. Like we have a way better offense than today showed. And I know obviously if, if you're just looking strictly at the box score, oh, well, it's 52-32, you still scored 32 points. A lot of those points were later in the game when the game really didn't matter. Still valuable reps for our guys. You saw Drew Cassens find a to touchdown. Okay, so yeah, Drew Cassens had uh, receptions on today, so I definitely know this stat sheet is cut off at a certain point. Let me pull up the live stats from the game to see a little bit of a better look. So stat sheet lied. That is okay taking L's on every angle I'm taking L's right now, uh, Tol- Toledo Twitter will probably shirt me later, they can go fuck themselves, but yeah, so yeah, so Casper had three catches, Drew had three, and Ontario had one out of the backfield, so I don't know, I just would like to see the wealth spread a little bit more in the passing game, and we gotta find ways to put points on the board because at the half, I think I want to say it was like thirty-five to seven, if I have this correct. And that's no way to start a first half on homecoming weekend. You know, when your coach too, who we didn't—I haven't even had a chance to congratulate him because I've just been screaming about this game. But congratulations to our head coach Tom Salmon. He was inducted into the NIU Football or TNIO Athletic Hall of Fame this week, and. The first thing he said when he got into the press conference is he accepted blame for this loss. If I could pull up his exact quote, I'll read it off to you guys. So he said, this was his statement. He says today was not the way we wanted to play or perform. And that falls squarely on me. We have to figure out a way to get up and play and execute better in the first half turnovers and penalties were a big factor today. This is just me kind of paraphrasing it. I see. I have a parentheses in there. So <laughs> The, the last part was an actual quote, though. So this part right here, I take full responsibility. We got to find a way to dig ourselves out of this hole. And we have to find a way to win a game and get some good feelings back. And I'm with him. I mean, I agree with him in a sense that as the coach, you, you kind of have to take blame for the loss. And, and it is what it is. Like at this point, it's. It's just another loss, but we we can't lose more than one more game if we want to go to a bowl game. And to go from MAC championship to now we're in jeopardy of even having a 500 season, I mean, it has me just worried because, like I said at the top of the hour, we're a way better football team than this. We have showed that we can go and win those close games and that we can go and get stops when we need them. We can go and put together drives when we need them. But this year's team – has lost in the fine details, and those fine details all add up, kind of like when we talked at the live show. And and when you add up all those inches, just like what Al Pacino said in in any given Sunday, that's how you win a football game. And right now, we're losing games in the fine details. And honestly, like, I haven't even really talked about it, but the defense, man, the defense has got to be better. 50 points, 52 points on homecoming weekend? The weekend Hammy gets inducted, like, that's just disrespectful. It's not okay. And I know 14 of them were courtesy of, of interceptions, but still, like, this is stuff that we're not accustomed to. We haven't seen since the 0-6 year. And I saw a tweet earlier from from Nick Berziach, NIU guy, and, and it says, today felt like a lower point than – the Owen six year. And I kind of agree with him. It sucked. Like I literally didn't get to the game until I want to say the end of the first quarter. I had it on, on my phone. God bless ESPN. Plus I had to produce at the, at the radio station, I had to produce a high school game this morning. So I was like the second that thing ended, I was on my way to the game and I, I we were down 14, seven when I left. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I got to do the good vibes sweet. Like hopefully I can bring the good vibes. And even I couldn't bring the good vibes. Like they're, People were leaving the game early. When I was walking up, people were leaving the game. Like, it it was a bad day. We had recruits there. It it was not a good showing. But one thing you're not going to hear me do, as much as you hear the anger in my voice, as much as you hear the disappointment, we are not going to give up on this season. It sucks that we're at where we're at, but we're still in the race to at least go to a bowl game. So, like, yeah, we lost today. That's unfortunate. But... The schedule waits for nobody next up on the clock. We got to go play Eastern Michigan and we got to play them at their place. And they beat the absolute dog shit out of Western Michigan today. It was a beatdown. Like it was 20 to nothing before I could even blink in that game. And everybody's already counted us out. Well, except for us, like the players, coaches. I mean, a lot of our fans have counted us out the season. Yeah, we're not going to make the top 25. We're not going to New Year's Six. We, We probably will not go to Detroit. But at the end of the day, we still have something to fight for. We still have to find a way to win five games. And to be honest, if I'm a player on that defense, we are playing to help save our coaches and coordinators' jobs. Because the fact of the matter is, is no matter which way you look at it, Coach Hammock just got an extension. He will not be fired. He is four years into his tenure. but the coordinators and, and defensive positional coaches have to be on the hot seat for the way that the defense has performed. And it sucks that I have to say that. It's unfortunate. I've interviewed Coach Jackson. He's a great guy. But right now, answers need to be provided for on the defensive side of the ball. And anytime you go and score 32 points in a college football game, you should have every right to win that game. But like I said, today was not our day. There was no way that we were going to win this game just based off the fact that we started it the way we did. And in the second quarter, I was doing a lot of game left tweets. I thought we had opportunities. I thought that, you know, if we could do our two for one hammocks, he's good at getting those accomplished, getting the touchdown before the half and the touchdown on the other side of the half, but we weren't able to get it done. We, We ended up throwing another pick six before the half to make 21 to seven, 28 to seven or no it was 28 to 7 to make that 35 to 7 and then now you're you're chasing four touchdowns and if you look at the scoring by drive play by plays drive summary so we did not get our 15th point so our second touchdown of the game we scored in the first quarter and we scored the remaining 28 points or 25 points in the fourth quarter. Saw a couple good plays on the two-point conversions. Liam got one. Uh, we saw – I saw Evan after the game, too. I was salty for him because, you know, Evan, Evan's the fun guy. Evan, no matter what, is always out there trying to kick somebody's ass and have some fun while doing it. And it was funny because uh, the the reporter from the Northern Star, Skylar Casillia said a little bit before – that he wanted to see them run a play to Evan Buss. And within 15 minutes, they had a two-point conversion, and they drew up the most beautiful play to Evan Buss, but he was not able to convert. Would love to see that play again somewhere down the stretch. Some other positives from today, too. John Richardson, what a pick-me-up game, right? We talked about it for on the pregame show that we want to see john richardson get back to making meaningful kicks john richardson did that today he had a field goal i believe of 47 yards and then on top of having that he also recovered uh, i want to say two i know for a fact it was two onside kicks and then prior to this we have two other onside kicks on this onside uh, kick recoveries on the season so as a as a team They are four for six, 66.7% on the onside kick. A lot of times there's teams that don't even make it through a season to get four onside kicks. Coach Hammock obviously said after the game, we'd like to be in situations where we don't have to kick the ball onside at the end of the game. And the next time we kick an onside, we want it to give us an opportunity to win the game. But at the end of the day, it's still valuable to get those reps in, even though we were getting crushed at the time. You see, like, I honestly kind of just looked at the second half as, like, a live practice, and that's why I kind of, like, there was still a little bit of me that was like, okay, last year we saw them come back from Wyoming down 27, but we're going to need to play a perfect game, and we can't allow any more points if we want to win this football game, and unfortunately, uh, as the story goes, we gave up 17 in the second half, I think, yeah, you know, we technically, we won the second half, if that's any consolation, but you want to win the game. And now we sit here at one and five, and it's not looking great for us. Uh, we don't know the status of Rocky. We don't know when we're going to get Rocky back. And even when we do, is he going to be 100%? Is he going to be able to perform and, and will us to victories? Because right now as a team, I think we're missing that leadership on the offensive, offensive side of the ball. And until we get back to 100%, we won't really know what we're going to see from this team because we're a run heavy team to begin with but with a a younger quarterback and especially two, like I wanted him to just get pulled for just strictly for his confidence I mean he threw four picks like you can't I don't know you can't keep throwing him into the fire like that I don't really think there was too much to gain from keeping him in the game but he made me eat my words and he put together a hell of a fourth quarter I wish it was in a a more meaningful fourth quarter, but he still did what he did. And hopefully he can build off that performance and the offense can build off of what they were able to do in the late portion of this game going into Eastern Michigan, because Eastern Michigan is a team that also scores a lot of points. They went into Tempe, Arizona, beat Arizona state and got Herm Edwards fired on the sideline. So we cannot afford to look at anybody on the rest of our schedule lightly. It does not matter. What, they, what they've done this season. It doesn't matter what the, the spread is or, or the FPI or how we predict what we're going to do in that week. We have to go into every game for the rest of this season treating it like it's the goddamn Super Bowl. And we can only mess up one more time. We're only allowed one more mulligan on this season. It's going to be tough. We're halfway through the 2022 season. And honestly, it's crazy to me because – Like (laughs) I can remember the first game I covered like four years ago and it feels like it's all flying by. And as I'm starting to kind of make ways in my career and start figuring out what I'm going to do, who knows what the future holds for me. But one thing I definitely don't want to leave this show in is with a bad team. And I want the team to figure out what they need to figure out. I think a lot of people in the comments were saying earlier, like the team has to look themselves in the mirror they have to, you know, have those conversations, those difficult conversations, and correct things that they have been doing wrong. Because up to this point, up to this week, it's not like we saw our team just go out there and get shit pumped every week. We've seen them be competitive. We've seen them hold leads. We've seen them move the ball at will on offense. And we've seen them spotily done well on defense. But for whatever reason or not, The wheels fell off the wagon today and it was quite literally the worst day for it to happen. The stands were packed. I don't have an official attendance number on my stat sheet, but at least when I got there at the beginning of the game, I would assume it was somewhere around 10 K. I thought that even in the late portions of the game, when the game was over, the fans were still being, you know, they were still heard. They were still being loud and still proud. And, you know, anytime, you get everyone back to campus for homecoming and you get everyone, you know, all the emotions and the nostalgia of being back at school. I was sitting in the press box and I heard them play Mo Bomb, but I'm like, I know I just graduated last year, but shit. Like that brings back some memories. So it sucks that you're not able to win the game. As a school, I saw that we were like 70, 30, and four all time in homecoming games. I uh, obviously didn't get the win today but it is the longest standing homecoming tradition at a school in Illinois. So it is unfortunate that we weren't able to win. I see we got some comments here in the comment sections, uh, from penguin cannon 77. He said some defensive heads, some defensive heads have got a roll If this keeps up, right. Their only idea is to blitz. And once their team figures it out, it's a wrap. Yeah. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, I don't ever want to talk about somebody else's job, but that's the fact of the matter in college football. You you don't have to be at Alabama to be on the hot seat if you have a bad season. Like right now, defensively, we have to be by EPA, one of the worst units in the nation. It sucks because we have some absolute ballers on our defense, but for whatever reason or not as a unit, they are not putting their best foot forward and you hate to see it for them. But like I said, for the defensive players you have to look yourself in the mirror and be like the coach that recruited me here's job is potentially in jeopardy and the only way we can we can in any way help him keep his job is if we go out there and play better football it's a simple it's a simple addition by subtraction like you you have to get rid of the penalties you have to get rid of the bad technique and the the poor form tackling and get back to the basics Coach talks about it every week in the, in the press conference. We have to get back to the basics. We have to get back to what we're doing good at or what we've been good at. And for whatever reason or not, we have not been able to do it. Um, individually, we saw some some good performances. Obviously, Dave and Rainier or Dave and Rainier answered the call again today. That is someone that, I think we can all, we've can we all pretty much considered as that next great Husky linebacker. Kyle Pugh, obviously, out there doing his thing. You saw Devontae O'Malley and, and all the D linemen getting some pressure in there, but we fall apart on the back end too often. And I think the worst part about our defense this year is we'll get off the field on third down sometimes, but what the problem with our defense is is we give up so many – like dash plays that they end up in that in that neutral zone on the field so a lot of times when the team that we're going against gets to third down they're between the 40s if you know anything about a college football head coach they love going for it on fourth down especially between the 40s today we were three of nine on deep or three of they were 3 of 9 on offense so we we stopped them 6 times on third down and that's phenomenal 33% one of our better percentages on the season but we have to find a way to continue that excellence throughout the rest of the season and we have to find a way to stack and crack days this is a team that in certain areas in in the area of creating turnovers and in the area of rushing the passer has gotten phenomenally better but we blitz so much that when we blitz that much, we're eventually going to get beat for big plays. And that's been the biggest issue on the defensive side of the ball. On offense, if I had to give a player of the game, which I will, and actually, hold on. So we have we have some requests. Hold on. I'm going to get to the comments, and then we have our first uh, guest speaker. I don't know how this will translate over to – Uh, the recording, but we'll see how it goes. So Samuel Hunt, I was going to hop in and talk, but you said everything I was thinking. There's just no more excuses. There just isn't. I know. It's a painful day. I told myself I wasn't going to drink a beer today. I still might not because Notre Dame is playing and the Bears have to play tomorrow. So I I still have a long weekend of teams that I root for football-wise ahead of me. But, yeah. Like I was just face palming in the in the press box today. It stunk. I I didn't even want to like look at the coaches when they came back up at the end of the half. But we have two requests, so we'll go Sam first. So Sam's Sam, say your piece. I can hear. I let you know when I can hear you.
1: You're on mute. Oh, what's up? Oh, you're yeah. good, brother. I'm not going to come here and do Obviously, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to come for even tense. Like I said, it's just, there's no more excuses. I mean, what else can we do? We've given up three games, well, two games. We've gone up two scores and we've just given it away at the end. I mean, I mean what's well, your thoughts on that? It's just, there's no more excuses, like I said.
0: Yeah, so I think, I think, uh, and I'll let you go here, I'll, I'll let you go, put you back on mute, but yeah, I th- I, th- I appreciate you for tuning in, but I think what it ultimately comes down to, as you hear the lovely DeKalb uh, emergency services in the background, is some of the coaching has been questionable, and then on the defensive side of the ball, we really haven't shown the ability to stop anybody, so it's like if you can't get stops when you're already chasing points, it's impossible to come back. Like I said a little bit ago, uh, we did end up winning the second half. Obviously Toledo took their foot off the gas a little bit, but the f- the second half score was 25 to 17. And it just makes you sit here and wonder if you don't spot them four possessions or if you don't give them two free touchdowns on the defensive side of the ball, where this game would have been. Like I said, it was a 20-point deficit at the end you lose four possessions and then obviously you give them two pick sixes. It's almost impossible to come back from, but Vanderbilt was, I think just the shell shocking of losing Rocky in the moment and then Ethan getting thrown into the fire. And then if I had to go back, I would say Tulsa coaching ball state. I would say we took our foot off the gas coaching and defense combination of all, but I have another request from, uh, The cheese man, Mr. Joey Ricotta, my co-host on Bears on Tap. I'm going to let you talk here in a second. All right, Joey, I can now hear you. Once you connect, you are just going to have to let me know when you do connect because I see a buffering sign. I have to come back to Joey. I do see the College Sport Podcast in in the queue, though. We'll welcome them to the show right now. Hey, guys, how are you?
1: What's going on? Uh, did, did you mean to unmute me?
0: <laughs> no, yeah, you requested to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, I wanted you to get your piece in, man. Welcome to the no, show. Hey,
1: appreciate it, man. No, uh, Alex T from the CSC podcast, and I'm just so I'm just I'm looking at everything from today, right? So you know, we obviously we cover all the max schools and whatnot, and I think it's I think the biggest thing that I'm taking away from this season so far is last year NIU won something like six out of seven one-possession games a year ago, Um, games that were a coin flip. And now we're starting to see them lose those games this year. I mean, you know, football's a game of of averages. You know, what goes around comes around. And now we're seeing them lose these games. You know, Ball State, one-possession game. Kentucky, late, but it was a one-possession game. Tulsa, one-possession game. And now we're we're seeing the the converse of that. So I think – Last year, Northern Illinois went very under the radar. I mean, they were picked last in the MAC West. This year, they were picked to be—they were picked to go back and defend their title in Detroit. I think losing Rocky, obviously, you mentioned it uh, in the Tulsa game or in the Vanderbilt game, a little bit of a shell shock kind of thing. Um, but I'm—I'm I'm still not counting them out. Obviously, a tough road test at Eastern Michigan next weekend. Um, but for me, if I'm if I'm looking at it, you know, if they can go into Ypsilanti and get that win, this is a winnable rest of their schedule. You know, they've got yeah. a at Ohio, who is, you know, they struggled with. Um, oh, I don't remember who they were playing a couple, just a couple weeks ago, but they struggled with an FCS program, um, Central Michigan. Is not looking good. Uh Lou Nichols has been held to a, less than 150 yards combined the last two weeks. Daniel Richardson is not looking great as a passer. Western Michigan looks absolutely terrible.
0: They got Yeah, I saw they got smoked today. And then Miami, I mean Miami looks
1: fine, but I'm to me they're nothing to write home about. The biggest tail in this of the season though is I think we have three teams who are without their starting quarterbacks. Eastern Michigan without Taylor Powell uh, Northern Illinois without Rocky, and then Miami, Ohio without uh, Brett Gabbard. So it's going to be interesting down the stretch to see what happens. It's it's the Mac. Anything can happen. I think losing five straight is tough. You know, the, the struggle against Eastern Illinois, uh, I think people were optimistic. It's like, okay, cool, we got that out of the way. Tulsa, still some optimism, but as the losses pile on, You know, people are calling for coaches' heads. I saw something on Twitter today, you know, said a fire hammock. This is the worst this team's ever been. And I was like, I promise you, this is not the worst this team has ever been.
0: Yeah, and that's that's something, too, that's like, all right, let's pump the brakes on that. We just won the championship last year. He just got an extension. He just got inducted this weekend. Like, I hate seeing that type of stuff. But like you said, man, at a certain point, people have to be held accountable.
1: Absolutely. No, I, I think so. And I think, you know, There's there needs to be at least some sort of defensive change because I'm looking at scores right now. Nobody has scored less than 31 points on Northern Illinois, except for Eastern Illinois.
0: Yeah, and I mean they were right there. They were 27. Yeah, so that's I mean that is that is something to to keep in mind.
1: You know, obviously Toledo Northern Illinois has become a pretty fun rivalry. I think over the last you know 12 years in the MAC, and I think it's kind of it's kind of shifting the spot. For Toledo uh, with the Bowling Green rivalry, um, but I, I do think that this, this the, today was a little bit telling. Um, Ethan Hampton, he's he's going to be fine in the future. He's he's a young kid who you know he's still he's still figuring out how to play college ball. You know, Northern Illinois really lucky with Rocky last year, so I'm I, I think that let, let's wait. You know, let's pump the brakes a little bit. You know there there's still a chance to go seven and five, you know, eight and five if they went out and get to a whole game. Um, so I'm not completely out on Northern Illinois yet, but starting 0 and two uh, in conference play,
0: got a lot a lot of climbing to do. Yeah, exactly. and i I appreciate you for for the perspective and for uh helping us jump off the ledge because I mean, I know you see everything from the Mac, you see the good, the bad, and the ugly. But right now we're seeing the ugly after we just saw the best of the best. So we're having a hard time as a fan base dealing with it. But I think you brought a good perspective. And uh, I appreciate you joining the show here today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it, man. All No problem. Have a good one. So, yeah, we did. We did lose Joey, but I'll get his perspective on Bears on tap. And then we will report what he had to say on Monday uh, when we're joined by Rocky and JJ Lippy. Up at Fatties for the live show this week, because as you all know, win, lose, or draw, the show must go on. And again, we got to find a way to win a football game next week. We got to get back to playing NIU football. And I think if we can, like you said, put together a win next week, and just treat each game like it's the Super Bowl, you literally have six one-game seasons for the rest of the season, and you have to win at least five to go to a bowl. If you win the remaining six, we can talk about Detroit, but we still have a lot that would have to happen. And you never want in this conference to have to need people to lose in order for you to get there. So you want to just take care of your business. That was the beautiful part about last year's team, but go to players of the game. We'll wrap up. I got a a lot of college football left to watch. I'm I'm missing out on my live tweets during uh, the Notre Dame game, but they are not hurting me yet. But on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Ontario Brown. Um, like I said, we kind of, we didn't see him disappear from the offense, but we saw him take less carries over the last few weeks in a lesser role. And today he had 17 carries 84 yards a touchdown he also had a reception for seven yards so 91 total yards and a touchdown and it's just good to see him back out there tilting the rock doing what he does because he's a great player the number one recruit in NIU history and it's got to be difficult for a guy like that to come into a system where he's not getting over 50 percent of the carries and I think that's part of the reason why we lost Jay Ducker last year but Way Lee has provided immense value in our offense. We saw it last week. We saw it again this week, more in like a Brian Westbrook, Westbrook role. Oh my God. I can't even say Westbrook right now. Let me get some of this water, but he was catching them all out of the backfield today. And I'm still going to give it to Ontario for offense on the defensive side of the ball. It feels like I do this every week, but death taxes and Davor and Rainier is my defensive player of the game. We didn't create any turnovers. We had opportunities to, but He's been a solid staple on this defense. He's contributed week in and week out, and he answered the call again today. He had a questionable penalty early in the game, but he was able to bounce back from that and put together a great performance. And then obviously he did the press conference after the game. And I hate those press conferences when we get smoked like that. It's just you could cut the tension in the room with literally like one of those swords that they put in your drinks at the bar, like, you know, how you get the the little umbrellas at the beach bar, but when you were younger, you get the little kitty cocktail sword. That's basically what it is. So yeah, I, I don't like those, but you still got to go in there, ask, ask the questions as respectfully, and at least try to get the questions off in a manner that will get the fans to know what they want to know. But he, you know, he came in there, did his thing. Logan Chernitz was in there as well. Uh, hopefully we get a chance to talk to Logan throughout this season. Cause he's a great guy. One of my favorite players on that offensive line, but we have to go one more unit and special teams, even though it wasn't as meaningful in the moment. Uh, seeing John Richardson get right back through the upright uprights from 46 yards on a windy day in DeKalb was a great feeling for us because we're going to need him throughout the rest of this season. And he hasn't put put his best foot forward yet this season, Uh, Ball State, they did their ice in their veins celebrations after they won last week. And I promise you, John Richardson probably kicked 100 field goals every day after practice and 100 during practice throughout the entire week. He went out there, he made his field goal, he kept all his kicks inbounds, like we always ask, no uh, illegal procedure. And he had two onside kicks, kicks recovered. So like Coach said in the press right after the game, hopefully the next onside kick we try is in an effort to win a game. But also, hopefully, we don't have to kick another onside kick for the rest of the season. So, like I said, offensive player of the game, AB. Happy to see Ontario back in the lineup doing his thing. Defensive player, Dave Vern Rainier, and then special teams, John Richardson. Uh, this week we will be back at Fatty's Monday night, six forty-five. I'll get started. I'll do a little bit of a recap uh, of Toledo, and then a little bit of a preview of Eastern Michigan. Start the show up. Get everything rolling. And then I'll be joined about 15, 20 minutes in by my guys, starting quarterback, Rocky Lombardi and starting offensive lineman, because he's been moving around a lot. He's been moving around a lot uh, with the injuries, J.J. Lippi. And we'll get into this week's game. We'll most importantly get into next, week, next week's game against Eastern Michigan in Ypsilanti and find a way to get this team back on a winning track. And then on top of that, I'll have a full pregame preview for Eastern Michigan. Uh, f- unfortunately, my dumbass has to go to the dentist again on Tuesday, so I won't have an interview right away. But I did talk to the SID at NIU after today's press conference. So hopefully I'll get a Zoom interview uh, with one of the available players to give you guys just a little bit more insight into Eastern Michigan. But if you joined us, whether it was in the spaces, whether it was Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts, whether it was for a minute or 40, we really do appreciate you for joining this episode of Huskies on Tap. Today, the guys lost a tough one, 52-32 to 32 at home, homecoming weekend. Um, a final congratulations to our head coach, my guy, guy that's always been supportive of this show, and he's going through a tough time right now, and you got to support him because he's going to be here to stay. Uh, head coach Thomas Hammock, congratulations on the induction into the NIU Athletics Hall of Fame this weekend. This team will be back to winning football before you know it. We'll be back with you guys on the airwaves before you know it as well. But again, this was Huskies on Tap, presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill, and brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow our main account at Huskies on Tap. We really do appreciate you for listening to this evening's show. You got nothing else for you guys and go husky. Yeah. I got dreams on living legs in the
1: kitchen whipping magic. I got dreams on living legs in the kitchen with magic. Bad bitch bad habit. We got landing on the track. I ain't asked now for none. I took the heart away. So you put me overcoming with it. Take to my heart away. Hard away, hard away, hard away,
0: jump in it hard.